Alpha Dog. I love yeah. that. <laughs> Welcome to the Alpha Dog Capital Deal Flow Channel. This is where we talk about alternative investments that you cannot find on Wall Street. Listen and learn about deals, funds, syndications, and business ventures. We are not investment advisors, and we do not give investment advice, but we do talk about investments you may want to consider. Don't forget, always do your own due diligence. Well, welcome to another edition of the Alpha Dog Capital Deal Flow Channel podcast. And today my guest is John Rickgarn. And uh, John is an investor and uh, he's got a number of things that, that he does. So John, welcome to the podcast. And uh, please just give us an introduction uh, to the audience, who who you are and what do you do? Sure. Well, uh, thanks again, John, for having me on this podcast. It's my pleasure to you know, kind of share my story and uh, life journey, if you will. So as you mentioned, I kind of uh, always introduce myself as an investor, an educator, and realtor. And I'll hit on the educator part of this, where I'm very much anti-establishment as far as the traditional go to school, get a job, get a retirement plan, work hard, save money. And when you get to age 65, then live your golden years, which I think every certified financial planner has spit that out ad nauseum, you know, across society. I share my story where it's more of an if you get to age 65, not when. And I mentioned that because both my parents passed away of cancer when they were in their 50s. My dad uh, when I was 11, my mom when I was 16. And this actually didn't make a as big of an impact until later when it was in 2014. And I still remember it was November of 2014. I was sitting on my couch, uh, working on my day job. And it just kind of dawned on me, I'm 31 years old. If I was to relive my entire life, that 31 years, uh, working 40, 50, 60 hours a week, I still wouldn't be at the quote arbitrary retirement age of 65. And that's if I even get that far. So I've kind of made it a mission, if you will, my one of my hashtags is do not defer your life. Uh, don't keep deferring your life. You know, tomorrow's not guaranteed. And if everyone's like, well, I need to make money to support myself in retirement. Well, why not set up multiple diverse streams of passive income to support yourself now and in retirement if you make it to age 65? So I just kind of, you know, share my story. Tomorrow's not a guarantee. The traditional retirement plan can work, but it's not the only option. And, you know, why not live our best lives now versus waiting for some arbitrary date in the future? Yeah, that's fantastic. That's, that's, that's really a, um, a powerful story about your, your mom and dad and how, uh, how that really has informed you and impacted you in a big way. And, uh, what you're saying makes so much sense. I, I take it. You're not a big Dave Ramsey fan. Uh, interesting story. So as you can see on my, above my head, I got my W Freedom Nexus handle uh, across all social medias, including Twitter. I only have 2,300-ish followers, but Dave Ramsey has blocked me. So uh, I think that maybe the feeling's mutual, I guess, with him. Wow. Well, that's that's your claim. Well, I, I won't say that's your claim to fame, but that's <laughs> that's a, a feather in your hat. One of the feathers in your hat, I, I guess. Exactly. Yeah. Dave Ramsey so, blocked you. <laughs> yeah. 
So what, why is that? That's interesting. There may be people listening to this podcast. I think most of my audience kind of is tracking with you, but there may be people listening sure. that this is kind of new new to them. Let's let's go down that path a little bit. What is it about Dave Ramsey and what he teaches that he would block what you're teaching? <laughs> so I well, I don't know specifically what you know made him block me. I, ironically, he hasn't blocked me on Instagram, and I probably poke more fun at him on Instagram than I do on Twitter, but that's besides the point. Uh, I'd say probably the two biggest things, you know, Dave Ramsey, for anyone listening, they know, you know, he's very anti-debt, and he's very, very anti-whole uh, life insurance. That's kind of his two caveats. You know, whole life insurance is a ripoff, get term, and all debt is bad, just get rid of all debt. And ironically, before this morning, or you know, before this interview this morning, I was on another podcast where we talked about debt. And a lot of it just comes down to debt is nothing more than just a tool. It can be used for good. It can be used for bad. Yes, there are some people that probably shouldn't touch any debts. Um, I kind of equate it to, you know, recovering alcoholic, maybe should not even have one drink where maybe they are, you know, like myself, I can have a drink at home and it's not going to spiral me downwards into, you know, an abyss or anything like that. But I just look at debt as a tool, um, especially with the you know, concept of arbitrage. Can I borrow money, say at 5% and reinvest that at 10% and then make a 5% spread? That's basically what the banks do, um, whether it's the local mom and pop regional bank or uh, Chase or Bank of America. They borrow money at a low rate and invest at a higher rate. That's their business. So I looked at it, it's like, instead of looking at all debt is bad, can you utilize debt as a tool for investments uh, creating opportunities, especially through, you know, rental real estate. And then maybe just as a final note, I, you know, I could probably talk hours of whole life insurance versus term, but Dave Ramsey basically just doesn't tell the whole story of how term insurance works versus whole life. Whole life can be very beneficial if used properly. And I think it's a little contradiction, contradictory when he says buy term insurance, but he has a network of term insurance providers. So he's kind of directs you to them and term insurance, less than 2% of the policies pay out. So who's really coming out better ahead on that deal? You know, I think listening to you talk about this uh, really goes back to the very beginning of our call and what motivated you, uh, you know, to uh, to to do what you do about you, know, you talked about the retirement age 65. And I think most people growing up, we go to school, we're taught, you know, typical ways of looking at money. And uh, obviously, there's a lot of people that use debt very unwisely get and get themselves yeah. in debt in over their head and their they live their whole mm -hmm. life just in debt and never seem to be able to get themselves out of a hole and i think right. um you know i think there's a case to be made that not everyone is geared towards being an entrepreneur or being right. an investor but but most people can learn a lot of this and and improve their situation and and layer in some of these financial concepts. And we'll get into some of the details of, of what you do, uh, you know, and what you teach, but that's kind of what I'm thinking from a big picture uh, perspective. There are some people that just find it hard to wrap themselves around an entrepreneurial uh, investor mindset. And if this right. is the, anybody listening, if this is the beginning of their journey, this is a good conversation for them to hear and, uh, and think about, um, let me ask you about somebody else, and then we'll go on to more particularly about what you do. There's another sure. uh, fellow out there, Robert Kiyosaki, 
And uh, I, I benefited greatly by him, but I know a lot of investors yeah. have different feelings about him. But a lot of people that I know that are really serious investors did get their brain opened up mm -hmm. by the concepts that that Robert Kiyosaki teaches. What what do you do? You have any comments about that? Yeah, and you know, I would even go so far as to say uh, Robert Kiyosaki was a mentor for me as well. I like so many others, you know, uh, picked up that purple book, Rich Dad Poor Dad. Uh, for me, this was uh, early 2000. I can't remember exactly, but just a lot of different concepts in there of how the rich view money, view debt, use money, use debt to better themselves and just what the poor and middle class, you know, their views on money. And I think there's a lot of uh, timeless advice in that book. And for anyone that hasn't read it, I highly recommend it. Uh, in fact, I've given out probably at least 50 copies of that book away for free um, over the years. But um, with that being said, too, just know that not everyone is 100% right 100% of the time, and maybe it doesn't quite fit into everyone's life. Uh, you know, On a personal note, I did meet Robert Kiyosaki two years ago. I would say the Robert Kiyosaki you see on TV versus the Robert Kiyosaki in real life are two very different people. So, And I won't repeat some of the things he said, because I'm sure you'll have to put a E rating for explicit on this podcast. So. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'll avoid that because I, I don't have that rating on my <laughs> podcast. Thanks for the heads up on that. Well, that's great. So, uh, so John, let's go, uh, go, um, uh, dig deeper into what you do and what you teach. So what, what kind of, I know you have a podcast, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you can tell us about your podcast, but what is it that, that you do and teach or give us a, like kind of an overview of, of, um, uh, what, what it is that you, um, uh, that you're offering or that you that you sure. speak about regularly what's what's kind of your your thing sure so uh basically i started on my you know financial journey and kind of like i mentioned you know back in november 2014 when i had that kind of epiphany of there's got to be more to life uh what other avenues are out there besides working a job and at the time i was an on the road salesman so there was there was days i spent 100 200 miles you know behind a car uh you know, in a car every day. So went down the rabbit hole of podcasts, audiobooks, you know, just try to take in a lot of information. And over the years, you know, picked up a number of golden nuggets, learned some things that worked, some that didn't work. So I thought to myself, well, um, at the time, this is five years in, while I'm still on my journey, while I'm still educating myself, what if I could educate others and maybe jumpstart them of, you know, what worked for me, what didn't work, and hence, they came up with the Wealth and Freedom Nexus uh, website that uh, turned into a podcast and also my YouTube channel. So I generally try to focus more on investment opportunities for the non-accredited investor, you know, starting with even just $50, $100, $500. This doesn't need to be, you know, you need to have $50,000 in liquid cash or something like that, uh, nor do you have to be accredited. These are most... Most of these are opportunities that just about anyone can do. Um, start working on building passive streams of income, and you know, kind of as far as I do what I do and how I educate. What I started doing is I look at financial freedom one bill at a time. So I tell everyone it seems like everyone has a Netflix subscription. Okay, that's fifteen dollars a month. Work backwards. Can you create an asset or an income stream? Uh, stock dividends. A 
REIT, uh, syndication, a part-time business, uh, whatever, but just work backwards. Create an income stream that pays you $15 a month. Now your Netflix bill is paid up. So then you move on to the next bill and just keep stacking income streams to pay off your bills. And I think that's a lot more palatable for a lot of people versus, you know, hitting $5,000, $10,000, whatever their number is that some gurus say you have to hit. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. So uh, as far as what do you see that people do to what kinds of income streams can, uh, the person that has a $15 Netflix bill and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, another bill, another bill, you know, what, what, what type, what, what do you see people getting into to, to, uh, cover those types of expenses? They're fairly low cost, but it's really a good first step for many people. That makes sense. Right. But I, what are those, those types of things they can do? Yeah. Generally speaking, the biggest opportunities I found are, um, you know, small deal investing, you know, whether you're basically you're acting as the bank. So you're, you know, promissory notes. Uh, there used to be a very popular platform years ago, Lending Club that I was big into for years, minimum investment, $25. Unfortunately, that's uh, gone by the wayside. Uh, Prosper is another uh, platform. It's basically a peer-to-peer lending. You put up money, you know, basically just connects borrowers and uh, lenders, and you basically return get a return on your money. I uh, also have looked at you know various stock uh, stock holdings, you know, dividends, which can be a little bit more preferential on tax treatment. But then sometimes even just thinking more creatively, especially with real estate, um, I'm a big real estate proponent. Some people look at it, it's like, well, you know, I don't have twenty five, thirty, fifty thousand dollars to buy a single family home. Okay, well, again, now putting my realtor hat on, what if you qualify for an FHA loan, three and a half percent down, you buy a duplex, you live in one unit, you rent out the other, that at least probably subsidizes your mortgage payment. Uh, you can actually do up even to a fourplex. And I'm still continually amazed that more uh, veterans and, you know, for all your veterans out there, you know, thank you for your service. But if you qualify for VA lending, you can potentially do a 0% down payment, have the VA loan on up to a fourplex, uh, minimal outlay up front, rent out three units, live in one, and essentially live rent free. And I, as a real estate agent, I'm kind of surprised more people don't know about this and aren't familiar with this. So I try to, you know, educate as many people as I can of, you know, hey, we all need a place to live. Um, if you qualify, let's look at some programs that help you with the down payment and help you with cash flow from day one. Yeah, you know, I have a friend, uh, his name is Michael, and he um he's eligible for a VA loan. He bought he bought a, a house, a small house, but he's looking into that right now. And uh okay. that is such a great way uh mm-hmm. for veterans uh, or anybody that can get FHA loan, you don't have to be a veteran to get a, a good right. home loan, you know, at low, low money down uh, to do that. What you just said is just like powerful uh, mm-hmm. to be able to buy a fourplex, live in one, virtually live rent free. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny. Usually the biggest pushback I get is, well, I don't want to be a landlord. And it's like, well, truth be told, I'm not either. I have property managers for all my properties. So yep. there's nothing to say. You hire a property manager, the other tenants, they don't have to know you're not a tenant. <laughs> you know, they can say, Yep, I live in unit one and you know, see you every day. They don't need to know that you're the owner. So, exactly. you know, that's always a 
I see probably the biggest pushback. People are like, oh, I don't want to be a landlord. I don't want to have those phone calls. It's like, okay, hire a property manager. Okay, what's your next uh next what what's your next obstacle? Yeah, yeah, that that's excellent. Um, what about uh you you alluded to this earlier, um, but at a higher level, I want to ask about a higher level um owner, not owner financing, um, private money loans. Sure. Uh, for even, you know, people that people that have money, they don't know how mm-hmm. to invest. Do you do you do anything with private money loans on one side of transactions or the other? Do you do you do that? Yes. Uh, so the majority of my lending uh, now. So like I said, there used to be a, a platform called Lending Club that I really enjoyed, but they yeah. discontinued after a while. Um, another one, uh, you know, again, I'm not a financial advisor. I can't give advice or anything. Yeah. But there's a company called Ignite Funding that I've had very good luck with over the last almost four years, they do secured lending for trust deeds, and they basically pool investor money together. So if, say, someone wants to take down a, you know, just using round numbers, a $2 million property, they need to borrow a million. So it's a 50% loan to value. There's a lot of protective equity. Then they go out to their investors and say, hey, we have this loan. It pays 10% interest. We'll be nine months, 12 months, somewhere in there. Uh, do you want to partake in it? And minimum investment is $10,000, or you could technically you could buy the entire million dollar note if you wanted. But I've invested in that for a number of years. Uh, also works really well for self-directed retirement accounts. If you're tired of the roller coaster of, you know, Chase is up, Chase is down, Facebook is doing this, Tesla's going down, you know, hey, why not have a you know, more of a consistent income coming in every single month that's backed up by real estate. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here's, uh, there are two things that you said I want to ask you about, and I, I, I'll i probably forget the second one by the time we get down <laughs> the first one. But um, so here's my, my, my thesis or my perspective and, and uh, want to get your feedback on it. There are a lot of people, high income earners mm-hmm. uh, that are equal, that have a lot of debt. And yeah. uh, I find that people just because they make a lot of money doesn't necessarily mean they're they're wealthy. It's just right. they're, they're using debt in a bad way, and they're just buying a bigger house, buying a boat, buying <laughs> a second home, buying a nicer car, yeah. and they're in debt almost the the equivalent of what their monthly income is. And yeah. <laughs> um, I think for a lot of those people, you know, maybe coming up with twenty five thousand, fifty thousand, or whatever is real within their reach if they kind of readjust mm-hmm. how their expenses are going and they can get involved in more private equity opportunities. And you mentioned um, self-directed IRAs. They may have a nice uh, IRA or a nice retirement plan uh, or money in a retirement plan, but they're not um, diversified into al- alternative assets. And, right. Uh, do, you, do you do any education on that or what, what's kind of your take on on those issues for the high income earners? Yeah, I've uh yeah, so I've touched uh you know a number of those topics on my podcast and YouTube channel, you know, self-directed retirement accounts. I personally don't like the term alternative investments. I think they should just be investments, but I know that's the term uh Wall Street likes to use because yep. your typical financial planner, they're gonna say, here's this mutual fund of stocks and bonds. Like, oh, we can't sell you real estate or these syndications. So hence the alternative assets was coined. But yeah, like you said, there's a lot of high income earners out there that may make a lot of money, but then they're in debt up to their eyeballs, which, you know, in that case, 
yeah, maybe you should listen to Dave Ramsey a little bit more, cut down your expenses, you know, not get such a big house. And I'm still floored at how many car payments now are thousand dollars or more a month. It just to me, it's just mind boggling. But for some, I guess that's the way of life. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I drive a um, 2012 Honda. And, uh, <laughs> somebody hit me from behind and my insurance company wanted to total the vehicle. I had a fight yeah. with them and said, I love my vehicle. I don't have a car payment and it's reliable and it's great. Right. I love it. <laughs> so anyway, I was able to, to get it repaired. Um, but I love not having a car payment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, both my wife and I, we buy or uh, have Buicks. Both of them are paid off. i uh, probably not even going to upgrade it. Yeah. They're one of them for two, three years. Like you said, they're reliable. They run good. There's no car payment. And every year the insurance on the tabs go down too. So. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, what 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 is the biggest thing that you see uh, in your educational, you know, um, contacts with people? What what's the biggest mistake that that people are making uh, in in not getting on the side of let's say on the side that we're talking about the side of being financial freedom or at least a getting on the path of towards financial freedom what's what's the yeah. biggest obstacle that hinders that um i think the i'd say actually probably two uh the lack of education just you know general k through 12 and even college don't touch base on the topics like you know robert kiyosaki and others hone in on so i think the education is a big piece but i think a lot of it just comes down to i'd say fear and complacency you know they just the fear of the unknown you know they're complacent in their job um i'll just keep doing what i'm doing and hopefully eventually i will make more money and can be financially free but so many of that is just you know you're tied to the golden handcuffs of a job uh, W-2 income is the most taxed income as well. So even if you think you're getting a big tax or excuse me, a big wage increase, well, that just means more money is going to Uncle Sam as well, where for the entrepreneurs, the investors, the business owners, right, wrong, or indifferent, the tax code is designed to help those entities grow and expand their businesses. So, um, you know, kind of back to the rich dad, poor dad, where he always the one lesson that really stuck in my mind was that the employee earns money, pays taxes, and then spends what's left over. But the business owner, they earn money, they spend money, and then they pay taxes on what's left over if there isn't anything left over. And that alone can be a huge mind shift where that might open up 20, 30, 40% more of your income to, you know, pay down debt faster or invest in new opportunities versus going to uh, Uncle Sam and all their social programs. Yeah. So um, this is great. So John, what is, um, I'm looking at your LinkedIn page. You've got a great, you know, all, all your information is there. And I'm going to put in the show notes, uh, any links that you send me to, I, I know you're on, um, you have a podcast, YouTube, Instagram, uh, but your website is uh, wfreedomnexus.com. Did I say that right? Yeah. So the, so the full length is wealthandfreedomnexus.com. That's the full website. I set up a few others, uh, W Freedom Nexus, which redirects and having a very unique last name. If you just go to rickgarden.com, it'll actually redirect you to my site too. So I've, it's kind of going down that fun path of, uh, anyone that's 
trying to set up a domain name, trying to see what's available, what's not. And well, this one's available, but fork over $15,000. And obviously I didn't want to do that. So Wealth and Freedom Nexus was open. And then I came up with a few variants after that because W Freedom Nexus is my handle on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Um, so made that my webpage as well. Okay. So for anybody listening, if they can remember wfreedomnexus.com, uh, but also go to the show notes. I'm going to put when this podcast hits in the show notes, there'll be links to John's uh, website and other social media content and whatever you want to send me, John, I'll make sure I get in into the show notes. All right. Sounds good. Is there anything else that I didn't ask you about that you uh, you feel that would be important for listeners to know? Um, I think for any listener out there, uh, you know, if they see themselves in my shoes, like I was almost 10 years ago, if you just feel almost trapped, whether it's job, life, debt, et cetera. And sometimes I think people just look at financial freedom as just so hard to get to, uh, you know, the old, uh, I think it was a Chinese proverb, a thousand mile journey starts with a single step, you know, just take some small action today, you know, read a book, uh, network with another mentor, look at your, uh, expenses, you know, Hey, maybe you look and cut your, uh, HBO max subscription, 25 bucks a month or whatever. Okay. 25 bucks a month isn't a life changing, but that's $25 more a month than you had before. Can you start putting that into an, an income stream and just start, just start small, but even the smallest step is going to be better than taking no step at all. Is there anything in particular in the content that you have available online, whether it's your website or one of your social media platforms, that would be a good first step for people to take to to interact with your or, and benefit by your content? Um, I would say, so if you go to my website um, under resources, there's a tab I have for recommended reading. Uh, have that down to about 15 books, I think, that really helped me um the most uh in my journey and were also uh pretty easy reads too you know these weren't five six hundred page books or anything like that uh rich dad poor dad i know we've talked about but uh heads i win tails i lose is another great one uh, by patrick donahoe um also if you really want to look down to how to save money on taxes and strategizing uh, Tax-Free Wealth by Tom Wheelwright and Power of Zero by David McKnight are also two very beneficial books for me. Um, like I said, my previous job, high uh, W-2 income earner, it wasn't a matter of if, it was a matter of how much I had to pay more in taxes every April. Once I started learning, educating myself and buying real estate, then it started to be getting uh, four-figure and sometimes five-figure refunds. And when you have that nice of a you know chunk of change, not going to taxes well then you can then you have a lot more opportunities available yeah yeah that's great well john thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast today and um and i'm looking forward to uh talking to you again sometime in the future you bet yeah thanks for having me i know i could talk uh probably days on ends uh, days on end about topics like this 